John chapter 14, verses 1 to 4, and then we will skip down to verse 16. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Jesus continues, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Having heard Gerard Kelly's reflection on it and sung it, we're now going to hear it read to us. Uh, I've lost Wayne. Where's Wayne? He's doing the reading. Oh, there you are. Uh, It was my grandfather's favourite hymn. And uh, it was sung to the tune Crimond, which I'm sure many of us know. And it's one of the few psalms that the nonconformist church sang regularly. And um, it was due to Jessie Irvin, who was a lady in Scotland who composed the tune. And she lived in Crimond. I'd like to think it was my grandfather's touchstone. From 1914 to 1918, he served as a volunteer with the Royal Welsh Fusiliers. And he served in Belgium, France, Italy, Austria, which for a young man from a little mining village in Wales was quite an accomplishment. I'm sure it wasn't much of a holiday tour. Anyway, the Psalm of David, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen.
Thank you. That was uh, good to hear of how that hymn has had a special place in your family's history. It is a comfort to us, and we are thinking of comfort. What brings you comfort? Is it time with loved ones, a favorite piece of music, time to spend on a hobby, or a favorite food? We even use the term comfort food. Is yours up there? There was a poll in uh, October 2022 uh, where 2,000 adults identified the top 10 comfort foods in the UK. I hadn't heard of the ones that were in the top 10 for America, most of them. But in the UK, coming in at number 10 was sausage and mash with onion gravy. Oh, yeah. Oh, everyone's getting hungry now. Uh, number nine was spaghetti bolognese. Number 10 was, no, sorry, number eight was lasagna, which is almost spaghetti bolognese in another form. Uh, and, but not very English. Uh, number seven, roast beef dinner. Who's got that lined up? Oh, oh, there are a few. Yeah, yeah, we're round to yours later. And number six was hot chocolate. Yeah, mm, no. Uh, number five was a cheese toasty. Remember, Saturday afternoon. Uh, number four was toast with butter. Yeah, yeah. Number three was a roast chicken dinner. Number two was apple crumble. Yeah. Now, I didn't say whether it was with custard, ice cream, or cream. All of, all of them. I'm getting an all of them from this side. In my house, it was... Oh, clotted cream. In our house, it would have to be custard because somebody would have apple crumble with their custard, not the other way around. And what do you think was number one? Anyone? Chocolate, 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 chocolate. No. I thought it would be chocolate. A bacon sandwich. Mm. Now, not many of these are particularly healthy. But they do, most of them do conjure up the comfort of a hearty, hot meal. And I suspect many of them are chosen because they are reminiscent of home cooking and meals that we may, may have enjoyed as a child. They are all familiar foods. But our, our, our psalm today, the Lord is my shepherd. And if we have the next slide, I'm glad that roast lamb dinner was not on the list. Our psalm today, as uh, Wayne has already alluded to, is probably the best loved most familiar chapter in the Bible as a whole chapter. There are other verses that will be well known, but as a whole chapter, I think this is probably the most known. It has been set to music countless times. We have sung one version and we will sing another shortly. It has inspired poems, books, stained glass windows and other artwork through the ages. Yet we would be foolish to think that that level of familiar familiarity just means it's just a cliche something nice to say at a funeral and it often is spoken at funerals or something just beside a hospital bed but for those times with no real impact on the day-to-day -day pressures of life so what comfort does it bring if we are in the midst of a stressful Ofsted inspection or a busy office where there is too much to work to do and not enough people. If the word of God is our food, 
then this psalm is our spiritual comfort food. Unlike perhaps a cheese toasty or a hot chocolate, this psalm brings sustenance, nutrition and strength. It speaks to us deeply of what life with God means, not just what death with God means. Its content and its familiarity bring us great comfort. It does, of course, start with some really well-known imagery. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a psalm of David, and he is eminently qualified to use this imagery. He was the shepherd boy. He was out tending flocks when Samuel came to anoint him as king. And it might be tempting for us, this side of the New Testament, to think that the shepherding metaphor is simply familiar because of how it is picked up later and fulfilled in Jesus, of course, David's descendant. Jesus is the good shepherd in John 10, the great shepherd of the sheep in Hebrews 13, and the chief shepherd in 1 Peter 3. But this psalm doesn't just look forward, it looks back. Long before David wrote it, Jacob blessed Joseph with these words in Genesis. May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, bless these boys. Jacob said, the God has been my shepherd all my life to this day. And the all-sufficient provision, the I lack nothing of the shepherd, is also nothing new. Moses reminded the people in the wilderness in Deuteronomy chapter 2, the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through the vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. David is borrowing language from the past. He is using vocabulary that evokes the personal protection of God as shepherd, as my shepherd. And he reminds himself of God's faithfulness to the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. We don't know what triggered David to write this psalm, but in it he is clearly drawing on Israel's personal history to express his inner experience. And it is in remembering God's faithfulness in the past that can bring us comfort in the present. Comfort can also be found in the intimate title of calling God shepherd rather than some of the other titles given to God in the Psalms. Elsewhere, and we have heard in our series, God being called our strength, our refuge. He is the sovereign king, the creator. And we can read all these majestic titles in the Psalms. But David, like Jacob before him, says, my shepherd. Not the shepherd, not a shepherd. My shepherd. There is an intimate personal connection. Shepherds live amongst their sheep. They get to know them and the sheep 
get to know their shepherd. My mum used to keep sheep and uh, a long time ago, and I was at home once, and the sheep needed to be fed. It was lunchtime, and I offered to go down instead of mum. And people say that mum and I sound the same on the phone, but when I went down and said, lunchtime, they did nothing. When my mum would go down and go, lunchtime, they would be straight there. They'd be fussing around her. They get to know who their shepherd is. And that is the same intimacy that we can have with God. And that emphasis on the shepherd is an emphasis on the one who is our provider and our protection. Every shepherd needs to do both. It is no good protecting the flock from attack of wild animals if you do not feed and water them. It is no good providing them with pasture and water if you don't protect them from attack. And that is what God, the Good Shepherd, provides for us. We have a personal, personal relationship of protection and provision. But it's not just physical needs that David is celebrating here. In the tending of the flock's needs, the human soul's need for restoration, David talks about as well. Who amongst us has not known a time when our soul is battered and bruised? When our strength is gone or we are overwhelmed by the noise of responsibilities and the pressures of life. When there is suffering and grief, he leads us beside quiet waters and refreshes our soul. He gently tends to us and gives us space. It is intending to the needs of the flock that the shepherd leads the sheep in right paths in verse 3. David says, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And the Bible has quite a bit to say about parts, particularly in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In Psalm 23, David directs, God directs David's paths and David said it is for his name's sake. God will lead us on the paths. He will make them straight. It will be the, the paths that mean we honor the name of the Lord. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. The paths he leads will be for his glory, not ours. For his glory, not ours. And this is important for two reasons. The first, if we read in verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So if God is leading us on the right paths and we end up in the darkest valley, it doesn't mean that you've taken the wrong path. 
Even though I'm in the valley of death or the darkest valley, it does not follow that that period of darkness means you are no longer being guided by the shepherd on his right paths. Christianity does not promise an easy life without difficulties or sadness. And Jesus told us we should expect persecution for believing in him. It is a grotesque lie when some preachers or so-called preachers say that Christians should expect material wealth, instant healing, and that life will be smooth and easy if we, become to, if we come to Christ. And we cannot duck the issue that this literally is the valley of death in this psalm. And without wishing to be maudlin, that is a valley we will all one day walk. When that time comes, David says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The Lord is our only guide. He is the only one who can truly accompany us through that valley. And the second reason we need to remember that the right paths are for his namesake and not for ours is because comfort and comfortable are not the same thing. The path the shepherd leads us on may not be comfortable. God brings glory to his name as we find comfort and strength in his presence through the difficulties of life living a testimony to his faithfulness. His path may be challenging. He may call us to new, different, and radical things that are outside of our comfort zone, but they are for his greater glory. Being comfortable is about what I want. It's about my desires, my personal preferences. And a church that is full of people seeking to be comfortable will die. The path that God leads for his name's sake means prioritizing the needs of others over our personal preferences. But this verse 4 is the key verse for us today. When we think about comfort in the Psalms, having brought us into the darkest valley, and we've already, said, we've already said, but we'll say it again. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The comfort we need comes from God's presence. And this comfort is active, not passive. God being with us, alongside us, is active, not passive. David specifically mentions the rod and the staff that bring him comfort. The rod is a weapon, a cudgel that the shepherd would, have, would carry tied around their waist. And it was used to attack, um, uh, uh, was used against animals that would attack the flock. And the staff, staff was used for discipline, for guidance, to round up the sheep onto the right path. So we need to remember that there is comfort in discipline too. Both of these tools of the trade of the shepherd are carried so that they can be instantly deployed when needed. A shepherd is constantly alert, watching, 
guiding, protecting. And that is how God is with us. Elsewhere in the Psalms, we read, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. But in this prayer to David, uh, to the Lord from David, he could say, you are with me. You are with me. <coughs> Excuse me. It is the cry that echoes through the Bible. It is the promise of God. It is the living presence of God that sets his people apart. We have already referred back to Jacob and Moses. Isaiah foretold the one who would come and be God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel for life, not just for Christmas. And his last words to the disciples in Matthew were, I will be with you. <coughs> Excuse me. And in the passage from John earlier, we have the promise of presence now in a special way through the Holy Spirit alive in us and looking forward to that future glory when we shall be present with God face to face. And this future of eternity with God is what David also points to at the end of Psalm 23. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is more than the triumphant feast in the presence of enemies, but are looking forward with certainty of anointing and blessing from God beyond the valley of darkness. This is where following God's paths, finding comfort and strength in his presence leads. I said at the beginning that it wasn't just the content that brings comfort, though there is plenty of comfort in the words that we have read. But also that these words, to many of us, are incredibly familiar. I did wonder if between us we could do the Bible reading just from memory. So let us not underestimate the power of repeating words to fortify us in dark times. It could be a psalm, a prayer, a favorite passage or the words of a hymn. One card we had from the day of prayer and fasting encourage us to memorize a favorite hymn because they had found that so comforting in difficult times. Such things do not lose their meaning because we go over and over them again committed to memory. If we commit God's word to memory, even a small portion, repetition allows them to sink deeper into our heart. In times of trouble when our minds need a rest, let us rest in familiar words of promises that speak to us of the presence of God, of the goodness of God, and the mercy of God, which, as David says, will follow us all the days of our life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the incredible gift of knowing your presence with us. 
that we can learn to hear your voice, that you know all about us. You are not a God who is far off, but you are active with us day by day. You know the struggles, you know the deep, dark valleys that we walk through. You anoint us and you give us your sustenance when we need it, even in the face of our enemies, in the presence of our enemies. Lord, help us to take these words deep into our hearts, to be living witnesses to your presence, living witnesses to your presence with us Monday to Saturday, not just here on a Sunday, that we may be able to share these words of comfort and introduce you to those who don't know you, who are living in dark valleys, but without the light of Christ in their lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as promised, 